1: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 194 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Don't have too much to say at the beginning and end of the show, but um, just wanted to check back in uh, with an episode. Dallin Stanford here. Uh, Always enjoy talking to Dallin. Uh, He's got a cool, exciting new venture with Perry Baker called Flag Rugby X. Had him on, talk a little bit about that. Uh, Got his thoughts on the Raptors season last year and the upcoming Raptors season, of course. Um, as things kind of get rolling here in a minute, I uh, wanted to could jump in and talk a little bit about some staff changes, something I hinted at um, before, I guess, on the last episode uh, that has come out since. So uh, Marcelo Lafreda has taken over as the director of coaching. He's essentially the head coach. Um, I know there's not really one defined head coach, but that's Marcelo um He's taking over the reins, moving into 2024. I'm excited to see what that looks like. Uh, a lot of the staff has stayed the same. I think Brendan Omira, in terms of like just the actual coaching staff, is the only one that left, and he went to Utah, uh, the MLR side, of course. Um, Marcelo will be assisted by senior rugby consultant Les Cusworth, forwards and defense coach Ignacio Fernandez Lobe and backs and skills coach Steve Stagg. So those are the the three, excuse me, four, three, four, excuse me, golly, I can't count, four additions to the coaching staff. Um, Sarah Shabbat remains on staff in a scrum specialist role. Uh, Nate Shipley is back as strength and conditioning coach. Um, yeah, and everything else is, is relatively the same. So I'm um, excited to see what happens in year two of this competition. I, I talked a little bit about it with Dallin, but I just think it'll just be You know, year two of anything is a little bit easier, and I think that'll be the case for the Raptors and Super Rugby Americas as well. Um, Yeah, I think roster should be out soon. I know media day is on the 3rd of January, so you should be expecting something in the next couple of weeks, and that kind of does it. So with that intro, um, we'll go ahead and kick it to my conversation with World Rugby commentator Dallin Stanford. Pleased to be joined again on the show uh, by my friend World Rugby Commenter, voice of Infinity Park, really the Rugby Swiss Army knife down Stanford. Down, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on, my friend. Hope all is good your side. Of
1: course, yes. Kind of slow around here, gearing up for for Super Rugby Americas. Um, but I like, you know, you need some you need some balance in your life. So it's been a nice little change of pace, but we're we're rearing back up, ready to go. Um and speaking of Super Rugby Americas, Down, just wanted to kind of get your thoughts. Uh, on the Super Rug- the 2023 Super Rugby America season.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, so you know, with any new newer competition, you know, I always find it's hard to know what to expect, um, especially when you've got different countries involved, six countries fielding seven teams. But I was impressed with the skill level overall, overall, how the teams progressed as the season got on, I think was the biggest factor. I had a chance to call some of the Raptors away games, so it was great to see also the supporters in the stands overseas, um, but I, I really thought what is remarkable for Super Rugby America is the tournament is seeing the success and rise of rugby in Chile and Uruguay, both taking part in the Rugby World Cup in place of the USA and Canada, unfortunately. Um, and so, but it was, it's a great competition for developing talent. Uh, and that's why I love the, the the competition. I just love the resources they're putting into it. And it seems like some of the other competitions each year, it's getting bigger and better.
1: Definitely. And I know, Down, you, you see more rugby than I do. You're, you're traveling the world calling rugby matches. But uh, this really being my first time watching, you know, Super Rugby America's up close and personal, uh, kind of the big takeaway for me throughout the whole last season, and I've said it before on the show, is just that it seemed so fast. And a lot of the players I talked to were just like, this is arguably the fastest rugby I've ever played. Um, and that, that was what stuck out to me. That could be, uh, you know, just – you know, not not as experienced eyes on the product, but it just seemed really fast.
0: Yeah, Colton, that's a great point. So I, I do recall uh, a, a backstory here. When I just made the USA sevens team, we had a meeting with our coach, and we had someone, a guest speaker, came in, and they were just saying. You know, what is the difference between the level of rugby you're currently playing, which was, you know, at at a club level versus international rugby, right? And it could be sevens, fifteens or whatever it is. And really all it was mainly was obviously you're going to get the better players, but it was the speed of the game. Mm -hmm. And so that is a great thing that you noticed in Super Rugby Americas, where maybe other competition to speed is a little slower. And then, of course, when those players play international rugby. It's the similar players. It's just the speed of the game then has got even quicker. So it's a great assessment, um, and it just it showcases that rugby isn't is in a very good place here in the Americas.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of the Raptors I talked to said the same thing last year. And the Raptors uh, finished up their inaugural season in the competition two and ten. Uh, finished strong with a win over Cobras in the final match of the season. Uh, they made some progress throughout the year. And I know one of the things that I you know, got to talking with them throughout the season, um, just that everything was so new. And that's kind of like, a, again, a, a pretty basic statement, but it is it plays a big factor. It's a new competition. Uh, you're playing in a different country every week. It's different officials than you're used to. It's a different speed of the game. It's just everything was so new. So, you know, heading into season two, um, I think just having a year under their belt, knowing what to expect is going to make a, a big difference. Um And I think that that's kind of what we can expect as the Raptors get ready for season two down. But I was just kind of wondering what your assessment of the first season was and kind of what you're expecting as they move into this next year.
0: Yeah. Colin, I think you hit the nail on the head there about it being a new competition. Nobody knows what to expect from it really, because even the other teams that played before when it was called something different were, didn't have the American Raptors in there as well. So what is fascinating I think about this is that you've got different styles of play from different countries, right? And I think that is what makes rugby so exciting. It also helps you improve the game, so you're not just playing one style of play. So the Raptors, yes, started very slowly. I got a chance to call some of them away fixtures, and uh, as, as I mentioned, and it was interesting to see, because number one, you've got players that are newer to rugby as well, which is part of what the American Raptors are all about, but also the players that ever played with each other, and I think that's a vital thing. That chemistry that you develop from playing week in, week out showed in the back end of the tournament when the Raptors came home, played some thrilling rugby, it was edge of your seat stuff. And a lot of adventurous play and a lot of great uh, tries being scored. Now, again, I know some of the results, you know, there was like a 42-41 result, things like that, where the games were very, very close. So, yes, if you just look at the win-loss ratio, that is not a good indication of how the Raptors went on. I Honestly, I'm excited to see how they go in 2024 with all the lessons they learned Hopefully, keeping a good, strong core of players as well from last year. Um, you know, even if there are some coaching changes and, and a slight tweaks here and there, I'm very excited to see how they go. And I know the results will go differently this year as well, as you said, with that year under the belt. You know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, only I think you can only classify one blowout. There was a, a stinker against Pampas here at Infinity Park, um, but I mean, other than that, every game was was close, close enough to you know be yes. interesting, and that's important. Uh, what do they say? You have to first lose big then you lose small then you win small then you win big so hopefully they're in that those middle stages of losing small start to win some win small and you know hopefully start winning big pretty soon so um down you've had, you've been a busy man this off season i think last time we saw you of course at uh, rugby town sevens in august um we're gonna see you back here at infinity park next season
0: Yes, absolutely, my friend. I can't wait. Firstly, I want to say just what a brilliant spectacle Rugby Town 7s was again this past year. Uh, you and your crew were obviously just working like an absolute pop-up toaster <laughs> everywhere. Um, but the, the the play also in that 7s tournament is, is just really year on year, just ridiculous amount of skill being shown and, and Olympians and international players on display. So I can't wait for, for of course, Rugby Town 7s land this year. But yes, I will see you for uh, every single home game and I will be doing most of the, re- the remote games as well for the Raptors so it's going to be a very exciting day I hope to see a-, a strong crowd again come up to all the games um, I really enjoyed how the game was marketed of course ahead of the Raptors fixtures we saw new audience members coming in new kids uh, really you know I-, I love that the fact that the Raptors afterwards and the opposing teams too signing autographs getting photos with the fans watching there too so just that whole atmosphere that Infinity Park brings as well I'm excited to be back again and Brian Viz will be back in the comments with myself so he keeps retiring he says he's retiring every <laughs> year um and i keep sending him off on a high you know thanking him so much and then he comes back the next year so yeah. uh, <laughs> I, think, I think
1: he just likes to hear you compliment him once he has annual compliments yeah. and and then he comes back for more once he, he runs out of uh you know feeling good about himself that's that's good there um yeah down just go back rugby town sevens real quick that was probably that season that year's probably going to be a memorable one for me, just everything about it. I thought like it was the most tightly contested competition, probably that they've had, and just the weather, like everything about it was just a memorable weekend and uh I thought it went really well. I think I had heard that that was the most well attended rugby town seven, so things are moving in the right direction there um and this season, I think there's a good plan in place um I'm excited there should be a lot of stuff people should be excited about. As the Raptors get rolling here in a couple of months, um, so down after Rugby Town Sevens, you jumped on a plane and you 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 uh, explored Europe for a month, right? Calling calling the Rugby World Cup in France, what was that like?
0: Yeah, that was a dream come true, Colton. I tell you what, I got a chance to do Japan in 2019. And that was amazing for different reasons. The, the the people were fantastic and it was obviously a beautiful country, never, never been there properly. But it was hard to travel around Japan, you know, not speaking the language and kind of, you know, getting set up. We also moved a lot from different stadiums uh, around. France was a different setup. I, I mean, what I loved about it, number one, All our commentators got to meet up, the 12 of us, in Paris before the tournament actually kicked off and got to, you know, uh, get uh, guidance from the referees, guidance from the broadcasters, from the media. So it's kind of great to get all that intel to kind of meet up with the other commentators. And then we went off in our various groups. So each group had, you know, a play-by-play commentator, a colour analyst, and then a sideline commentator. And yeah, we went for 40 days, went through four different uh, cities. We were in Marseille for most of the time, which was a stunning place. We're in Paris and I got a chance to fulfill one of my personal dreams to commentate a game and start the France. And actually, it was an epic. It was Ireland versus South Africa oh, with wow. 80,000 fans. And it was that game where Ireland was superb beating the Springboks. And um, and just the crowd and the festival nature afterwards was amazing. Because also, because of it being a pool game, it wasn't like the South African fans were too disappointed because they knew that it's still mm-hmm. a chance to go yeah. through, you know. Um, and, you know, for me, coming from South Africa, you'd be able to call, you know, the country of your birth, particularly at the Rugby World Cup, particularly, you know, with them doing so well, with, you know, outside of that game. But uh, it was uh, it was amazing. Also got a chance to go to, to Nantes, which I've never been, and then Nice to be on the beach. And, and my wife, they already got a chance to come over for a week. So we were able to, you know, uh, have a bit of a break because the nice thing is the games were mostly scheduled on the weekends and then every now and again you had a midweek game so it wasn't as busy running around as the 2019 world cup for us as the broadcasters so you really had time to like get to know a city to explore to look at the sites um in so much history there in france and the people were were great i mean obviously the wine the drinks the food um <laughs> yeah, the culture uh, it was so impressive you know like the highlight for me probably is You know, leaving our hotel, let's say, going to the game, often we'd walk to the game, we weren't far away, you know, let's say like a mile away, and you would just see all these fans super early, four hours before kickoff, celebrating, drinking, eating, like all the colors of the different countries represented, the flags going, and you could just hear the noise and the atmosphere, and that's a mile away from the stadium. So by the time you got to the stadium, it was going full noise, uh, and uh, yeah, it was fabulous.
1: That does not sound like a bad work trip down. I know you hear a lot of <laughs> stories about people that work in oil and gas and they get to go see, you know, North Dakota and the middle of Texas. But I think working in rugby rugby work trips probably a little bit better, huh?
0: Yes, exactly. And particularly that pinnacle event. They're really, you know, you all the resources are pumped into that. World Cup And it was, you know, the, the biggest audience watching in person and then, you know, watching on on TV as well. It was, uh, it was, and also so nice. You know, I got a chance to meet up with, you know, the fact that USA weren't playing, you know, it's not great for rugby in, in the US or Canada not playing as well. But I got to see a lot of Canadian friends and, and USA friends that came across to watch and support other teams. And so that global community was really cool. Even got a chance uh, to call Namibia. And so there were some uh, major league rugby players who played for Namibia as well. So there were players spread out around some of the teams uh, Super Rugby Americas, I uh, recognize a lot of the names, and, and so got to see a few familiar faces as well in that tournament. So that's the the, the beautiful thing about the global game.
1: Beautiful, awesome. So, Dallin, I know, you, like I said, you've been a busy man this year. Uh, you're now involved in a, a brandy brand. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, kind of just ahead of the Rugby World Cup, uh, it's so weird and bizarre how things unfold. But a friend of mine from South Africa, who went to the same high school I went to reached out and said, listen, you know, he's in the, uh, the, the beer and wine and spirit industry in South Africa, and he had a few other side businesses that did well, and he wanted to switch across to, to create a South African Cape Brandy, which listen, many South Africans love watching rugby and drinking Brandy and Coke or drinking Brandy on the rocks. And so he said, listen, he wanted to get a, uh, some rugby players together, some, you know, some famous international players from South Africa and around the world, to found this Avant brandy, which Abunt means to go forward. And I was like, listen, this is a great idea. I, obviously, in Hollywood, you see a lot of you know A-list celebrities with uh, tequila and things like that. So this is a rugby-inspired brand. It's great. So my first question to him was, this is awesome. Why are you calling me? Mm-hmm. And so he said, listen, Dallin, yeah, sure, you may not have won the Rugby World Cup or something like that. He goes, but, you know, you've obviously played sevens for the USA and you're commentating, you know, you've done now this would be two rugby World Cups, you've done two sevens World Cups. I was like, okay, fine. Um, He goes, also, you can help us market this in America. And I was like, okay, that's kind of great. I I had been here for, you know, 20 years or so. So that's kind of how I kind of got involved. And what I didn't realize was when you became a founding member, and these were the, you know, 15 people to kind of put their hands up or so. your signature is on the box of this beautiful Abunt Brandy. So um, it's very cool because I've given away a couple of gifts to some friends and they're like, Dallin, how is your name on here? Did you just sign this afterwards? (laughs) I go, no, 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 I'm actually part of this brand. And so, yeah, it's a very fun venture, very cool. And so basically um, we You've got uh, John Smith, who former uh, Springbok captain John de Villiers, Mapimpi, you remember from the last World Cup, mm-hmm. uh, George Gregan from Australia, Justin Marshall from New Zealand, um, you know CJ Stander, Wasali Seredi is in as well. So you've got uh, arms some brilliant names from across the world, and um, it's kind of a fun venture because you know rugby. Socially is synonymous with having a few drinks and catching up with your friends. So now that the fact that you know we're all partnered into this, um, we've got some other big names that are joining as well. Uh, wherever you see future events, and it will be available in the UK and the USA coming soon. Right now, it's just available in South Africa, but people can check out their website abantbrandy.com. And avant is a v a n t e brandy.com. So you and I will sink a few at Rugby Town Sevens. So I'll bring I'll bring my bottle along. My
1: that brain. sounds good. Yeah, I need I need a bottle down. So when it when it's available, you gotta let me know we'll yes, push we'll it do. out definitely uh, perfect I know something else you got going on down I've seen that you and Perry Baker are involved with a non-contact uh, rugby venture uh, it's called Flag Rugby X can you talk a little bit about what Flag Rugby X is
0: yeah Colton, Absolutely. Yeah. so this is really exciting the last three years I've been working with this group from Australia and Perry Baker has come on board as an ambassador and keenly involved because you know he's looking as well like most international rugby players when they come to near the end of their career they're seeing what their next steps are so with Flag Rugby X, it's also called Tag X in other parts of the world. It's the same game, just called differently because, you know, we used to flag football here. So why not Flag Rugby? It's a game that's very similar to Sevens Rugby, more so than any other non-contact game. So there's always seven attackers against six defenders is the premise. There are different types of kickoffs you could do, you know, if you're not comfortable kicking, you could try them in different forms. So there's a grubber kick you can kick off with, a place kick or a drop kick. What is unusual, because you can't do this in other non-contact games, you can contest the kickoff. So if it mm. is a high kick, you can jump up and grab it and knock it towards your side. During the game, gonna, uh, this is a, such a great idea. You can kick it any point of the game. So you can chip kick for yourself, grab a kick for, for the wing or cross kick. Um, and so it's a fun way to improve that skill set because that's one element You know, we've missed playing other forms of non-contact. Number one, you can't kick. And so this one is very creative. Mm. There also are five, five different scoring boxes and, and zones with three different conversion boxes. So the different points allocated for where you score. So similar to real Ruby, you know when you break through it's sure the try is still five points whether you score in the right corner or the left corner, but the kick's much easier. So you're gonna get an automatic seven as opposed to getting five, if you score on the edges, you likely miss the conversion unless you have a great kicker. Mm -hmm. So this game is slightly interesting. So you've got the middle scoring box, which is a big box, which is worth three and a half points and then your small outside boxes on the left and right of the field are worth two and a half, and you can score in between those as well for one and a half. So the conversion, though, so let's say I score. I score on the far left-hand side. I then quickly run back to the halfway line, and I have to grubber kick the conversion, the try-scorer must. So it's got to go through the box to then count for your conversion. And if you hmm. kick it from the sideline, you get more points because it's more difficult and the box is smaller. You get three points for that, so total 5.5. In the middle, much bigger box, very easy, grab a kick. Most people can complete that, and that's worth one and a half points. So it's got all these different elements from scoring as well, um, which, which I think is so creative and so lovely. Now, the other great thing is BlackRock X is played globally around the world. So if you play an official series, your team and your players, you'll get on the global ranking and global leaderboard. So that's why their tagline is play locally compete globally hmm. and they've got a super supercharged online platform where you can easily use your phone so that's how you can connect to the rugby community and you'll see you know once people here in the u.s start playing there'll be a lot of bragging rights of people like you know playing playing in denver playing in san diego you may not ever played against each other but you can compare your ranking so there'll be some good banter as well
1: that's super interesting how long has this been around
0: yeah so the game's been around for for many years in in australia and there are forms of that in New Zealand as well. And, and and you know what's so interesting is if you look at particularly the women's game and the women's sevens game, New Zealand and Australia are without a doubt the two best women's sevens teams in the world that has ever been played. Uh, Australia are untouchable at the moment. And all of it stems from their ability to play non-contact forms of the game that help enhance their skill sets when it comes to tackle. Right? So their ability in space to manipulate defenders uh, to score tries is is unmatched in the world and uh, you've seen it as well from the men's men's sides also so it's been around for a long time there we in the u.s have, have really played you know there's a lot of one touch and there's a lot of six touch and there are some competitions as well and some national competitions also but flagra the x this will be the first time that it's launched here we're launching it in 2024
1: beautiful so uh i guess how do cl- how do clubs uh get involved in this then since this is kind of like right at the the beginning of this in the united states
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to have an official launch in the latter half of 2024, but then we're going to do an introductory program called the Connect Series. So rugby teams, clubs, entrepreneurs can get involved with, with easy, easy uh, effect. And how it will work is like they'll have four teams at the club take part so they can easily set it up. Uh, we'll have our Australian group train them on the rules and help them online uh, and educate the referees. And our website is Tag X International. Or people can message Perry Baker or myself on the socials as well. So it's a, it's a great game, obviously for you know all shapes and sizes, uh, for for adults, for youth as well. Uh, the beautiful thing about the game is it's a mixed play as well. So you can anybody can play together because it's a safe, non-contact form of the game.
1: Hmm. That's really cool. Uh, what are the benefits if rugby clubs want to host their own events?
0: Yeah, exactly. So low barrier to entry is number one with limited equipment and and uh, low cost to play. Um, And like I mentioned, you know, you can use this tool, you know, for the youth, you can use it for adults. um, And and almost every team plays a, a form of touch rugby, right, even to warm up. So this one is probably an ideal form of warm-up because it incorporates all the tackling skills that you will require in the tackle game and on defence. It encourages you to stay low and focused in body position because you have to pull the flag. Mm-hmm. Because in regular touch you can touch someone's arm or you can, you know, you can touch wherever. It doesn't it doesn't matter where? This is more focused on like in a real game you would have to get your shoulder low and in that body position as well. Right. Um, so the way I see flag rugby X being used is, you know, a club will host an event or a series at their club on, let's say, at night they don't practice or over the weekend, um, and that's, that's called the series. So they can invite alumni back to the rugby club to play or potential new players that have never played rugby before, and it's an easy, safe way to try the game and also improve people's skill sets. So I take my old club as an example, Belmont Shaw here in uh, Long Beach, California. Each year they send me an email, or two or ten, asking me to donate to their national championship run or to help raise funds. So, you know, that's that that's fair enough. This, instead, if they said, hey, Dallas we're hosting a flag rugby series on Wednesday nights, a couple nights of, for this month. It's $60 to play or $70 to play, whatever it is. I'll pay that easily and happily because I know it's benefiting the club. I will get yeah. my friends along that I used to play with and we'll, it will take very long to come play, you know, and we'll make a fun thing of it. then afterwards, we'll probably go for drinks and have a good vibe. So it's a really good connectivity point there and a financial a sustainable model for rugby clubs to get involved as well. It's also like a structured game, with legitimate leagues, as as well, we mentioned that leaderboard, you know, that that uh, teams can compete on uh, internationally, which is really cool. The last thing I say about it is, which is a really interesting way to look at it. So, most rugby clubs have volunteer coaches, or they pay them a small fee to coach their team, right? Mm-hmm. This is a way, this is a way that that rugby coach, when they are not coaching their team on an off-night or off-weekend, they could help run these events, and they could generate some income for themselves by the rugby club as well. So, it's one way to increase your your uh your the quality coaches you have and grow the game in your region.
1: That's interesting. I think uh I think one of the things I like that you said is the structure because I know you know a lot of people like to to keep playing rugby. Maybe they don't wanna, you know, get as banged up as they used to and um yes. yeah and the structure is important because they want they want to be competitive, right? But may, they don't want to be smashing into each other like uh they did in the past. So I think the structure is just adds like another element of competitiveness like you said. I can compete against teams from all over the world, which is pretty cool. Um, and I know you've been, you've been, I've seen you on social, I've seen, you know, stuff with Perry Baker for a little bit now. Um, and I'm sure you've had a lot of conversations with a lot of different rugby people in the United States and how has this idea gone over as you get spread this
0: word? Yeah, it's, it's pretty fascinating because you know, this is the thing, as you said, that, you know, everybody plays touch rugby or, or plays some sort of form of the game as well. Um, but it's it's not very organized, right? And the, the rules are slightly different everywhere you go. So we play on the beach. We play one-touch rugby there. and it's I like one-touch because it's, you have to be creative with the one opportunity you have. Um, but you can't kick, right? And there's a couple mm-hmm. other element things that you can't do. So this really cool thing is we get a chance. Our Australian training group came over here to Southern California. We did four events across Los Angeles and San Diego with adult men and women. And then we did a youth event with um, some mixed teams at the Rhino Rugby Facility here in Southern California. First thing I'll say is, The players, because nobody had played it, right? And we'd never seen it in person. It was so fun to watch because you've got all this array of skill sets on the go. So it gives players more freedom because, you know, traditionally, let's say some of the forwards are not encouraged to kick the ball, right? Well, this game, anybody kicked the ball. So, hey, if there's space on the field, try a cross kick. What have you got to lose, right? So the players picked it up so quickly. And then we had some fun uh, moments where Perry and myself actually got a chance to play and feel what the game was like. And it was cool because Perry was like, I, I would, firstly, I was like, Perry, go to the wing, you know? Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. You go to the wing. I'm going to go to fly off." So he, <laughs> he was controlling the middle of the field doing all his little plays. He loved it. I loved it. Um, Todd Clever came out as well because we worked a bit with his foundation. Uh, and he also, like you said, he's like, hey, this is a cool game to keep fit, to keep in touch with rugby, but never having to tackle people. Now, again, Todd can still tackle people. We can't. Yeah. But it was cool. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, it, it was cool to see a guy. Now, Perry also then is going to start his own leagues in San Diego. So he's been having family and friends come out the last few weekends. He's been refereeing at these tournaments, you know, getting more experience as well. The thing he noticed too, he had a couple of of, of friends of his that, you know, recently were in in the NFL or trying out for the NFL. Mm -hmm. They came to rugby and they were like, man, this sport's amazing. So what I loved about it was it was a great gateway to the game without getting hurt. And for players that, you know, crossover athletes, and even Perry's son who doesn't want to play tackle rugby came across and was like, hey, dad, I love this game because – I can do all the skills that you do on the rugby field, but nobody's tackling me. Yeah. And I can, also, I can also improve and get better. And, and when I'm ready, I may think about playing tackle rugby, which is cool because the game is just to grow the sport, to get people in rugby. Now, again, just because you play um, uh, tackle rugby or non-contact rugby, you're still part of the same community, which yeah. is beautiful. So I love, love all that. So yeah, it's been well received, and we can't wait to you know launch properly this this coming up.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, just another way to plant the seed, get people interested in the game. I know you talked a little about scoring structure and the encouragement to kick, no matter who you are or, or where you are yes. in the field or anything. Is there anything else? Is there any other unique parts of, of this game that uh, we haven't covered yet?
0: Yes, absolutely. Colm. So the the interesting thing is the there are many layers to this game. So it's a bit of an onion, right? So like once you you like playing just a regular game there are so many other cool things that you become familiar with and you know the our training group does a really good job of slowly integrating that information as people get more interested in the game as they want to put it on so what there are a few elements I love so I'll highlight those so one of them is a power play so it's akin to uh, you know if, if there's a yellow card in the game and a team drops down a play or two so I did mention it's always seven attackers against six defenders well what happens every now and again, if somebody kicks the ball you know, out, like out of the sideline, out of the try zone the team that kicked the ball will drop that kicker and another player. So they will go down to five players for one player. So the attacking team has seven against five an opportunity. So it's actually very cool because I remember when we were training for the USA sevens, we did seven V five several times, or seven V four even mm-hmm. sometimes, to, to see if you could score with that overlap so it's a really good tool in that game so it goes 7v5 sometimes for power players I mentioned the international leaderboard so you know your team or you can compare yourself how you rank and with your results and scores um, the five scoring boxes I mentioned are really cool now there's another tactical element that flag Rugby X has which other games don't have there is an X challenge so during an evening let's say we go to that diamond shore we play a, 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 you know in the evening there a couple games. As well, they'll say, right, tonight's X challenge is an extra 10 points to your score if you successfully complete this. And an X, X challenge could be something, for example, scoring a left-hand try, right? The left-hand scoring yeah. box, then scoring a middle a middle try, and then kicking a left-hand conversion, right? So those three things need to be done in order to get those extra 10 points. And so this increases the communication from your coach, the sideline, whoever's managing your team, and then the people on the field too, because we did this as a, as a trial with the USA 7s team. They loved it, by the way. They were kicking nonstop. stop, their skill level was obviously sublime. But yeah. it was really cool to see a player you know like Lucas Lecamp would step three players who would go through, but then he's looking to his his coach to say, "Where do I score because I want to make sure I maximize these points." So yeah. you've got all that all that on the go as well, so it encourages a lot of extra thinking, which I think is pretty cool. Um, the thing I didn't mention as well, which is interesting, and I haven't seen this before in in like our regular OV competitions, but there are prizes and prize money up for grabs. So they're given away globally each month. Now, with this game, as I said, it's played around the world. The same game, the same format, the same scoring system. Um, The referees will input their scores and everything to the online platform and to the app. Now, participating teams in all divisions are eligible for a $25,000 prize in each division. And then a yearly prize in December with $35,000 up for grabs. So that's distributed across you know, MVPs, how teams have been successful. So they've got a complicated way to work out who wins these different prizes. But I think it's a very cool added element for people like, they're not just, you're playing for fun, absolutely. But if you can win a bit of cash as well, uh, you can even donate it back to your team. I think that's a, a really cool thing, you know? So, and just in that note, because I know teams now are thinking, okay, hold on. We're gonna get the best players available, stack up our teams. They've also got an intricate system which works out the salary caps for players involved Based on previous performances, so think fantasy football, right? But you, the actual player, playing and getting involved, and you will have a value assigned to to you. So nice. it's a pretty pretty cool system. The backend does it all. It's supercharged, as I said. Players only need to rock up and play and have a good time.
1: Wow, that sounds awesome. That's a, that sounds very video game esque. That especially that does. X challenge. Does cool. That's that's fun.
0: Exactly. So what we're going to do is I haven't told you this yet, but at the <laughs> Rugby Town Sevens, yeah. Yeah, you know we have a bit of break every now and again. We're going to get a commentators team together and a media team. So you're going to be involved as oh, well. Oh boy. We'll throw it around just a showcase. We'll just do one game and we'll, hey, maybe we even get the coaches, you know, because there's some legends there. Yeah. Coaches of, of the sevens teams involved. Non-contact, it's safe, it's easy. We'll have a medical staff on hand in case <laughs> hamstrings get pulled. Um, but we should film that. And, you know, I can commentate it while I play. So we can do Definitely.
1: That. Yeah, I'll start training <laughs> now. I'm going to okay. get my lungs ready right now. Perfect, Dallin. That that sounds awesome, man. I think that's all the questions I have for you, too. Um, hopefully you have a great holiday. Um, enjoy a break before we hit the ground running here in a couple of weeks. So, uh, Dallin, before you go, though, can you please just tell uh, everybody how to get involved with that one more time? I know you mentioned it earlier, but I'll just keep it at the top of people's minds right here at the end.
0: Absolutely. Firstly, Colton, thank you for having me as always, my friend. I love what you do in the sport and the game. Uh, people can head to tag X International, or they can message Perry Baker, the USA Sevens and World Rugby two-time player of the year, or myself, um, at Dallas Napan on social media to get involved, uh, or just any questions you have. We're going to be around. We're not going anywhere. Uh, Perry's going to be doing this full-time once he retires off the Olympics, uh, and I'm heavily involved in this program as well. Colton, can't, can't wait to see you at in Infinity Park, my friend, for some sellouts, for some amazing American Raptor play, and Super Rugby America is set to go up like a frog in a sock.
1: Yeah, thank you, down. All right, hopefully everybody enjoyed that conversation with World Rugby commentator Dallin Stanford. Go check out Flag Rugby X. Sounds cool. See how you can get involved. This sounds like it could be a cool initiative, an alternative way to raise money, Um, just kind of like a fresh look at rugby, which I think could benefit from that. Uh, So check that out. Uh, And that does it really for the show today. Uh, Nothing here at the end. Just wanted to say hopefully everybody has a happy holidays. Merry Christmas enjoy spending the time with your families hopefully you get some uh, time off this time of year that's all uh, you know always my favorite part of of the holidays as well Um, and we'll look forward to seeing you all back here next year no show next week but we'll hit the ground running first week of january with media day under our belts Um, hopefully some good interviews so thanks everybody for listening i'll catch you all back here next year